welcome to another episode. <laughs> this is always so weird. I never know really how to start. <laughs> yeah, and that's she's like, hello, welcome hello. to another episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm very enthusiastic about doing this. Um, I just am a little bit hungover. <laughs> we, like, we were, like, drinking with um, Evan's parents' friends. Last night we were all we were like playing cards and stuff. It was fun. It was really fun. But I had like a a lot of wine, so I'm a bit slow this morning. But well, yeah, yeah, that was not so much me yesterday, but Joseph yesterday. Um, (laughs) we went out on Friday. Um, with some friends, and he got on the pickleback shot train again. Yeah. But somebody who was there was yes. like, oh, I don't really like um, Jameson. Tequila is my thing. So then he had tequila shots. And then he Ooh, had a martini. Boy. And he started out with beer, but then went martini, some other cocktail. <sighs> um, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Yeah, and yeah, yesterday he was a little quiet. Um, <laughs> well, quieter than normal, but... I was feeling fine and I was rubbing it in because last time he did pickleback shots was with Evan and that was when they had like seven shots and yeah and he was he feeling was fine the next feeling great day he said livid <laughs> so this time around I was felt a lot more um vindicated <laughs> yeah so how how how's it going how's life how's life over there uh pretty good um BC is a bit of a wreck right now um and we're recording these. These aren't going to be released for a while, so hopefully everything is fine in whenever this is released. But currently, at the what mid to end November, BC is either flooded or washed out. Roads are a disaster. Yeah, there's basically no way to get out of Vancouver right now. So crazy. Yeah, we're our own little mini <laughs> Vancouver Island. Um, though we are still attached to the oh, states, yeah, yeah. you can get passage to the rest of bc but you have yeah to i heard i heard they were like letting people through the states without passports and stuff just because like it was the only way to get back through yeah because especially if you had gone in either direction and you got stuck in e- at, on either side if you're doing that it's just like going there for the weekend you're not going to take yeah. the passport with you so there was lots of people who were stuck on either side that needed to get back so they were allowing people to go over and without um proof of covid mm-hmm. tests yeah. and things like that um because right now i think if you go to the states you have to pay like 150 bucks before you come back in to oh yeah like prove that you're all covid free yeah. and stuff so um they were waiving that for people who were really stuck but you had to like prove that you were stuck and it was needed for you to go yeah. back um well and i heard like there is like people who are just stranded on highways and like my dad was telling me about some guy i guess he only thought he was going like somewhere just up the road and he was going to be back to his house within the same day so he didn't bring he was diabetic and he didn't bring any insulin with him so he was like stranded on the road with no insulin but like luckily there was another guy on the same stretch of road that had extra because he was traveling so that was lucky but yeah like oh god i can't imagine like and we just came through there like we literally it's how long have we been here three weeks almost a month now it's pretty much a month to like this like the weekend it was pretty much like yeah four weeks yeah mark. so oh yeah i guess today's the 21st we left on the 21st or something like that 
So, mm-hmm. like, oh, it was yeah. a little close for comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, read anything? See anything interesting? No. I know. I, like, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I'm so busy. Like, uh, like we haven't even really been that busy. Like, honestly, we're not doing anything, but like being home, like, and it's fucking great. Like, don't get me wrong, it's been so great spending time with people and like the like family and all of our friends and everything mm-hmm. like that. But it does kind of feel like we're go go going all the time. And even if we're not, even if we're just like yeah. upstairs, like sitting in the living room with like Evan's parents just shooting the shit or whatever, it's just like like. Yeah, it's just I'm not doing my normal stuff like reading or watching Netflix or like playing playing Switch, but like Yeah. It's been great. We were like um my sister-in-law came down for the weekend last weekend and we were playing Mario Party. Oh, nice. It's just the fucking best. Like after after not <laughs> being home and like obviously we came to t- came to visit a few times, like more than a few times, like at least once a year I would say we would we would come down to visit, but like living here and just being able to go to my parents house anytime i anytime i feel like mm-hmm. it and they feed me supper it was ugh, it's just <sighs> and you've been away from like home home for like seven years so yeah yeah it's... seven or eight so it's been um, a long time it's it's nice yeah. i'm sure it'll wear off after a while but like yeah we're we're the happiest that we've ever been like we we miss you guys a lot and i think it would be the perfect yeah. It would be the perfect place if you guys lived here too. But it also is cold. It is a bit cold. I wish it wasn't as cold as as it is. But and we just like had a <laughs> huge like blizzard last week. But no, like we're like we're yeah. so much happier than we were in Vancouver. And it's crazy that like even well Evan loves his job. I still am not a super huge fan of my job, but it's it's tolerable yeah. enough. And like now that I have other things going on in my life, it's not like it's not like misery all the time so that's really Mm -hmm. nice but yeah i haven't (laughs) haven't really been oh but we did download um the new jackbox like i think it's like jackbox 8 or something like that so we'll have to play it there's one game on it that was really fun but like the rest of them were not as great but i don't know that's all i've been doing haven't been watching Mm -hmm. any netflix oh we've been rewatching game of thrones but that's just been something to like fill the evening. We've yeah. not really. Been... And you've, if you've already seen it, it's kind of yeah more. You don't have to absorb yeah, it, as I, much. I think it's just nice to sometimes revisit. Yeah, and you can as soon as somebody appears that you like know that you don't like, like later on, you don't have to wait for that character. Yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were just saying about books that are coming out. Um, I am interested in potentially there's a new Brene Brown. Oh, I thought it came out already, or does she doing another one? No, it's well. There, this one's coming out on November twenty ninth. Um, called Atlas of the Heart: Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human yeah. Experience. So that one it hasn't come out yet. Um, I read yeah. which one did I read? And I just read it not too long ago, and it was pretty interesting actually. But I don't know because I was like, oh, Brene. I could go through some titles. Um, I own the Gifts of Imperfection, but I've never actually fully read it. At the time, I was not, I suppose, willing to accept. I was really, like, feeling like, oh, yeah, I could relate a lot to what was going on in the book. But I think I wasn't really willing to accept (laughs) that I was feeling that way. So I gave up the ghost in that book very quickly. Um, But I have it, and I will return to it at some point. Um, Dare to Lead, 
there's another one that's rising strong. Those ones are both within the last few years. Yeah, there she ha- she made some excellent points, but I think yeah. some of it was like a bit I don't know out there for me. Not that it was out there. Like I understand that she is very smart and like she does a lot of research mm-hmm. and it's all coming from like a scientific place. But I was just like, yeah, maybe it was just a bit too scientific. Maybe that that was what the problem was. I had a hard time like yeah. following sometimes, but like she did bring up a few really interesting things, like um, because it was all about like what what is it about? It's like shame it was like shame that was it like how like yeah that was like what it was basically about and how like i thought it was really interesting like the way she was saying like men are brought up to feel ashamed of having like feelings basically and like Mm -hmm. they're never enough if or they're not enough if they are not like providing quote-unquote for their families and stuff like that so yeah yeah, so that was really interesting, and I thought I saw a lot of like that in in Evan. Sorry, Evan. Maybe I'm maybe I'm outing you yeah. on this, but like, it's just it's interesting <laughs> because like you can it, when you can see it in your like and you yeah. can apply it to like your real life. Well, that's like I um when I was seeing a counselor, she recommended that I watch the Brene Brown Netflix special called The Call to Courage. Mm-hmm. I still haven't watched it, and I she was like. Yeah, she was like, watch it, but also don't feel that you have to take on everything that she's mm, saying. Yeah, like, that's good. Um, So I was like, Joseph, I want to sit down and watch it. And at times I could tell that he was finding it a bit, I suppose like hokey um, would maybe be the right word. Because um, he's like, when you're seeing all the people in the audience who are just like so enthralled like sobbing. this person, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost, you get like a kind of weird like, cult kind of vibe um and he was just like i don't know how i feel about this but like overall like the messages and stuff are good but um he was like it's kind of weird that people are super into going to like see somebody speak like that um and i was like i can get where you're coming from but there's other messages that we can take from this. yeah i so. mean usually the messages are all it's, it's, it's kind of the, yeah it's, it's kind of like you said like the cult because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, a lot of religion has good messages, too, but it's, like, sometimes the actions are not great. But it's, like, yeah, if you're only relying on, like, this one person to, I don't know, tell you how to live your life or, like, tell you what's wrong with you or whatever it is that you're... Like, the self-help industry is kind of messed up when you think about it because... It relies on people... yeah yeah and and you're you're kind of preying on people's insecurities i guess and like and Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think Brene brown does this but like saying you saying you have the answer when there's never one answer or like only one way of of doing things is Mm -hmm. kind of predatory in that way but yeah the self-help self-help industry and like all those books and stuff it's like yeah. take it all with a uh like a oh my god what's that with a grain of salt there grain we go salt. um because and i mean yeah and i mean it can be it can be useful you should you should use use some of the advice mm-hmm. if it works for you but like don't feel like everything should make sense to you because it's, everybody's different not everything works for everybody so yeah but there was some good points. Like I did really enjoy the Netflix special. Um, so I, I I'm curious to read this new book because I I kind of like the like I don't know 
mapping meaningful connections and the language of the human experience like the idea of like you can make human connections and like connections with people but to actually like make sure that they're mm-hmm. meaningful that kind of I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah, to that does sound interesting point. because, especially now, with like uh, so much, so mm-hmm. many of our interactions being online, like I can't imagine yeah. being my brother. Like he's five years younger than me, and like dating and stuff like that. Like I oh, can't God, imagine. I like, mm-hmm. and my brother's four years younger than me, and in the same boat too. And I just, yeah, I'm so glad that <sighs> I didn't have to be doing the whole dating thing in um, in the age of tinder online because i do remember yeah i do remember when i first was single before i met joseph and well should i be honest it wasn't before i met him because i met him while i was still dating someone (laughs) but um the i then ended up being single and we weren't really like me and joseph weren't together um i just met him by that point but there was a brief moment where i was like oh well is this now my call? Like I have to, I have to get Tinder. Um, this is how the world works now, um, and that was relatively Tinder was relatively yeah. new, like 2015, mm-hmm. I want to say. So like I did not get Tinder, and I'm glad that I did not have to Me go too. through that experience. Me too. I thank God um, every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I know somebody who has like who met somebody through. I don't think it was Tinder actually, but I think it might have been Plenty of Fish. Maybe it was Tinder. I don't know. They they are like together and they Oh sure. I'm not saying it it can't work. I think it can definitely work. And like But it's a way different way of communicating and yeah. getting to know somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And uh yeah. Ugh. I'm just glad that I didn't yeah. have to go through it because I don't think it would have been the way no. for me. My friend, like right before I met Evan, tried to convince me to get plenty of fish. And, like, I almost did it. Like, I was so close to doing it. But, like, I think Plenty of Fish was even, like, more gross than Tinder. I don't think... I don't I don't think it oh, had yeah. the same connotation that Tinder has where it's, like, only a hookup app. Not that I think Tinder is still... Because, like, when Tinder came out, it was, like, only... People were just hooking up, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, that was kind of the point of Tinder was that it was for, like, casual relationships it wasn't necessarily for people to like find their soulmates and sometimes it happened but i think that Mm -hmm. they were marketing more towards like hookups than than actual relationships Mm, definitely but like plenty of fish was popular and my friend had met a couple people there but like no it's just and always it's just so scary because you never know i mean i guess you never know anyways who who people are but if you're meeting somebody at say like work you can have like mm-hmm. a like pretty safe assumption that they're you know decent enough c- to get a job at least, <laughs> mm-hmm. or meeting them like through a friend yeah. or anything like that. You're like, oh well, I trust that friend. Like, yeah, there's a bit more less like I suppose anonymity of just meeting absolute strangers. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> glad, anyway. glad <laughs> if you're on Tinder, great for you. But I'm really glad that I never had to do it. <laughs> yeah even one girl the other day at work she was like i can't remember she was talking about one of one of the other girls was saying how she was like oh her phone was blowing up after seven o'clock because all these guys were like talking to her and like while they were getting ready for work and the other girl just looked at me and she goes are you glad you're married and i was like yeah yeah i really am (laughs) i'm so glad (laughs) that i don't have to worry about like dating and like (sighs) putting on the act and like 
doing all that. Ugh. <laughs> and like, you can choose when you put the effort in. Yeah. Like, I could choose like, oh, okay, I'm going to do like makeup today because I feel yeah. like doing it. I don't have to be like, I'm, and not that like, that's the, the thing that you have to do. Like, but the like serious hardcore effort, you can look like an absolute slob and it's like, yeah, you married this thing. You're legally yep. attached to me. <laughs> and I look like an absolute disaster yeah. today. And there's literally nothing yep. you could do about it. Well, I suppose you could serve me with divorce papers, but you're not going to do that over me yeah. looking like a slob. Luckily, I think um, both of our husbands are pretty uh, pretty chill with most things. Slobbish yeah, themselves. Yeah, so I think we're fine. Um, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that it? Are we ready? Ready to go in? Sure. On that note, am I No, first I think I'm first. Time? Oh, okay. you went... Never mind. Oh then. no, what happened? No, um one of the characters in my book, she like I don't know, doesn't know a lot about her husband. Oh, she finds out, so. that would have been a good segue. I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um Yeah, so the theme this week is books with characters with our names. In each of our books, so my one has somebody with the named Kirsty, and in Nikki's book, she has somebody with the name Nikki. It was... Right? It's not your no. legal name, right? It's Nikki, yeah. Okay. But, like, fuck. <laughs> when you were, like, <laughs> when I suggest... Because I think I found this theme, like, it was, like, on one of the book book challenges, like, read a book with your name, like, with a character with your name in it. And I was like, oh, that would be fun. And you were, like, immediately, like, yes, I have mm-hmm. one. Like, it's actually, like, a really good, like, connection. And I was, like, oh, okay, great. So, like, shouldn't be that easy. Shouldn't be that hard for me to find one with my name in it. Well, I was gravely <laughs> mistaken. Because any book that has my name in it, Nikki, is either, mm-hmm. like, a young adult or, like, younger than young adult fiction. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but it's just, like, you know. Yep. Like I was like I don't I don't want to just read a chapter book and call it a day, or yeah, it's just straight up hardcore porn, like li- <laughs> literally, yeah. and I like mommy porn. Yes, yeah, like literally, like the dirtiest books, and I was just like, what <laughs> am I gonna do? Because Kirsty already has one; she's so gung ho on this. <laughs> but I yeah. remembered that I read a book when I was like a younger, uh, like probably I don't know, came out in two thousand eight. So how old would I? I don't think I read it when it first came out, but I probably would have been like sixteen or seventeen or something like that. Mm-hmm. That had that I, I like I specifically or like ordered this book because there was a character with my name in it, and I was like I didn't remember loving it, but I was like I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> Because I don't want to do hardcore porn, <laughs> and I don't want to do a chapter book. So, yeah, my book for the theme of books with your name in it is a book called Airhead by Meg Cabot. Okay. Yeah, it was published in 2008 by Scholastic Inc. Um, so, Meg Cabot, you're probably familiar with her. She's written and published over 50 novels of young adult and adult fiction. Um, but she's probably most well known for writing the Princess Diaries series. Nice. And they were eventually made into the very popular movies starring 
Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway. And yeah, I always really liked her. Like any any time any books that came out, like especially when I was like uh, a teenager, like she writes a lot of young adult fiction, which is always really good. Like I always really enjoyed her writing. And but she also has like some like adult novels too. I think I read one of her adult novels. It was pretty good. Can't remember what it was called, but it was about like two people getting stranded in like a cabin in the middle of nowhere and sexy times ensue. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's wrote both. And then she actually did write like, how many books are in the Princess Diaries series? A lot. I think it's like at least eight. I'll look it up. But then she what, also wrote a like adult novel. So like it, it was like Princess Mia grows up and becomes an adult and gets married. And that's like what the book is about is about her getting married. So yeah, um, this book, <sighs> this book. Okay, so, here is a summary. Ooh, let me see. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, How many books? How many Princess Diaries? I'm still scrolling. There's eleven. Eleven. Eleven, and the last one is the like the the wedding one. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So they're all young adult novels until that one. Yeah. And actually, like, on her website, too, it's all listed as young adult until you get to that one. And then it says adult readers. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Like, you got to kind of grow up with a character and then you get to have, like, the more adult Mm -hmm. uh, experience. And actually, that was one of the books that you left in a pile in your apartment once and said, "Can if there's anything you want, you can take. And I did take that one. And not long ago... I was going through the books in my room and like trying to reorganize them a bit so that I had like books that I've read and books that I haven't read. And I started thumbing mm-hmm. through that and I had to stop because I was just like reading the book instead of actually typing. <laughs> and then I like Joseph came into the room and was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, just sorting through my books. Um, <laughs> what did you ever read? Like, did you read and ever read any of the princess diaries? I read a few of them. I was into them for a little bit, but I think I then, um, I can't remember. There was some point where I just kind of dropped off and stopped reading them. Um, yeah. Probably because I was like, it just kept, there was more and more. And I don't know if I was really into like reading series at the time. Or I was maybe just thinking I was like too old for like a series like that. Mm. I think I maybe just outgrew it um, a bit at the time yeah, that by it was the time, being released. Yeah. I think I was probably a bit too old. Ooh, yeah. Like once they were getting into like five and six. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember when I started reading them. Probably maybe late elementary school. Because mm-hmm. I remember she like makes a joke in like the first part. Because it's, it's set up like a journal. And I fucking love books that are like that. Like where it's set up like journals or like where it's like letters. Or it's like some kind of different kind of writing style. Mm-hmm. I fucking love books like that. Yeah. So I was like I really liked that. Like the, the way that the book was written in like diary entries. Mm-hmm. And like so, she starts off. She has to write this this in this diary for um for a class, and she puts like her name, and then she's like like it's like sex colon haven't had any yet, haha, just kidding. I was like, oh my, <laughs> I was like scandalized because I was like thirteen or something reading it. I was like, oh my god, she's talking about sex. <laughs> anyway. So I always did really like her writing, and I think she's, like, an excellent writer. The way that she writes is really funny and really relatable, especially, like, 
uh, from when I was a teenager, I felt like um, a lot of the books that she wrote and the characters that she wrote were super, super like like me, like mm-hmm. normal, normal girls. Um, and also it was like hella my dream to like have a long lost grandmother come in and tell me I was like a princess. Yeah. But anyway, to get into this book, this here's a summary, which I wrote. I don't know if it's good, but here it is. Emerson Watts is a, quote, nerdy girl who likes to play computer games and read books instead of do her makeup and go to parties. While attending a department store grand opening, a freak accident occurs and she becomes the recipient of a body transplant and she is forced to become a super hot model named Nikki Howard. So there's where my name comes in. So I guess, I don't know, like the whole time I was reading it. So what what ends up happening is like she's at this department store opening and a TV falls on her head. Okay. And her, well, I don't know if it falls on her head actually, because it's the problem is that her body is too mangled. Like she would have died if they didn't transplant her brain into another person's body. And it just so happened that at the exact same time, mm-hmm. it's not super realistic, but here, <laughs> this is the story. You have to, you have to su- suspend belief a bit. At the exact same time, this super hot model has like a brain aneurysm mm-hmm. and like she's brain dead, but her body is fine. Yeah. So they, because this girl's body is completely like wrecked and there's no, there's no fixing it. They put her brain into super hot model's body. Yeah. And it's such a big deal because she's not, she doesn't care about looks or fashion or anything like that. She's a cool girl who likes playing video games and reading books. So hijinks and Sue, as you can imagine. Yep. So right off the bat, the author kind of makes a very clear dichotomy between the popular, quote, popular kids and Emerson and her friends. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit, I just feel like that might be problematic because it's it's just like, it's us or them kind of that mentality. Yeah. And it's like, they they're, they like this, this, and this, and I like this, this, and this. And there's no way we could ever have anything in common. And they're stupid because they like makeup and clothes and like whatever it is that she deigns to be so like bad Mm -hmm. that they are, that they like. She like tags them as being like more materialistic than her. And yeah, yeah. And I think because ultimately I think the, the moral of the story is that like, because by the end, like, once she's in this supermodel's body and she's, like, learning that she maybe likes taking care of her body and she likes to exercise and she likes to feel pretty, mm-hmm. the, the the ultimate moral of the story is that, like, we're not, we're not all that different. So I guess I can kind of understand why the author makes such a distinction at the beginning between, like, the popular Mm -hmm. hot people and like the not popular quote-unquote ugly people is because she she needs to make that like transition to learning Mm -hmm. that you're not not so different or that it's kind of fun to do your nails sometimes or it's kind of fun to do your makeup sometimes um I just feel like it's just it was so blatant that I was like it's I, I just don't think that that's a good thing to be showing young people because especially when you're a teenager you already feel like everybody is against you you feel like there's no one who could possibly feel the same way as you do because you're so special and amazing 
or maybe it's not even that you feel like you're so special and amazing, but it's just like you, you feel alone a lot of the time when you're a young teenager because it's like, how could anybody else possibly know what I'm feeling like? Yeah, and feeding into that narrative of maybe there are those groups at your school. Um, it's almost like fueling that fire. And now, fair enough, there is like the whole, it comes like full circle with like, oh, we're all the same and stuff like that. But she's almost fueling that fire to start with of, yeah, we're all different. Yeah. There's us and them. And yeah. especially if you're feeling more like a outsider, it's not great to fuel yeah. that fire. Yeah, exactly. And I just wonder, like, if it if it was like that, like, how did I get through? Because me, I always, like, I was into reading and I was into, like, video games and stuff like that. But I also was, I liked clothes. I still really love clothes. I work in the fashion industry. I, ha- I buy a lot of clothes. I don't love doing my makeup, but I like to do it sometimes. It's fun sometimes. So it's like, how, how do I fit into this? Like, d- like, how would I fit into that? Because would I be popular? Would I be, like, shit on? Would I be bullied because I like video games and reading? Mm -hmm. Or would I be, quote-unquote, popular? And she does say at one point that there's, there's a quote where she says something about, like, oh, if they do have interests. So if these popular kids do have interests, they are, like, smushed down. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they don't, they don't, they want to fit in and they want to seem cool. So, like, I think she, she does have a, a little bit of self awareness, but then she goes and, like, makes, like, her sister, like, her, at one point, her sister makes fun of her for wearing eyeliner. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, like, it's kind of hypocritical, the character. So I just, like, I had a hard time, like, believing the character, I guess, because she would make fun of these people for for doing what they like or like taking care of their self themselves or whatever it is that she didn't like about them because they were so materialistic or whatever but then like she would be like it's not fair that they make fun of me but i'm like you're doing the exact same thing you're judging them just as much as they are you Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah that's what i'm trying to say so i yeah like i just think like if i was in high school reading this i would be like oh it's always it's always us versus them and i realize with a lot of like young adult fiction there is there is a lot of times that like dichotomy and it's just to make a point but like I said I just didn't think it was a great a great way to present it to a teenager because they already feel like it's it's us or them Mm -hmm. and this is where like writing a um, young adult um, fiction can be really like a treacherous path because you really have to be careful about what you're putting into books and I remember reading some young adult stuff while a teenager and there would be people having sex and other things. And I was like, why am I, why is that not happening with me? Like, I'm not going through any of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it exactly. was really hard to relate to. And then there was other books where I was like, oh, my God, I relate so much to this. And like I, my heart was like so set in it. And then something would happen. And I'd be like, well, fuck, that's that's not in my space or like yeah. that doesn't happen in like the environment I'm in. So immediately I'm like, oh, well that like all those feelings of feeling like accepted like by this book are set aside Mm -hmm. then yeah so it is really hard it's such a hard time in your life to also not realize that all those things that are happening are not permanent and that things change so fluidly um 
yeah that's the thing when you're in it you feel like it's gonna be forever mm-hmm. and like thinking thinking back on like how i was as a teenager i was like oh god i like i shudder to think of it but like i mean it was good i guess like though it's how i got here mm-hmm. i suppose and there's so, so many things like of my teenage life too that i truly treasure and like the friendships i have i still have some of them today and all those things yeah that was great um but i also moved to a different country in my teenage years so that was a whole other different thing um yeah as well as like the regular shit that you go through as a teenager and like your body's changing (sighs) there's lots going on yeah and yeah it's just so crazy to think about how i thought like i knew it all oh god yeah. Like, I thought that I was so smart and that I knew, like, exactly what was going on. And now I'm, like, 27. Mm-hmm. How old am I? I'm 28. Yeah. There's things that... And I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. There's <laughs> things that I now, like, look back on and I'm like, oh, my God. I should probably apologize to that person because, like, yeah, I <laughs> was, like, such a shit in the way that I thought I knew what was going on and, like... I could see at the time now, like, my friends were, like, looking out for me and thinking a different thing, but I was also going through a completely different change, so really wasn't taking their words on, and now I'm like, oh my god, what a shit. Like, I should write yeah. them a letter or something. Um, But then at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, like, a decade and a little bit more has passed now. Surely to God, I can just, like, let it go, and they're not holding yeah. me to that either, <laughs> so... It's kind. Of, it's kind of like I don't know if you've listened to the whole um, uh, Red Taylor's version, but there's one song, at, like one of the newer songs, mm-hmm. um, that so like the From the Vault songs, and she says in it, "How can you know everything at 18 but nothing at 22?" And I was like, "Oof!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, yes, that's exactly what it is," because it's like. I don't know why. I don't know why you think that you know everything when you're a teenager, oh, but you just I think it you just have to feel like you are an adult. Yeah. And you're just trying so hard to be an adult, but like it's a trap. I think that um when you're like 17, 18, you really you're so desperate to have complete control of your life and you're still at that point where like yeah. your parents have a lot of control over your life and really they should. Um, yeah, but you're so desperate for that freedom. And I think by the time that you're, um, what did she say? 21 or 22, by the time you're those ages, you've had a little bit of world, um, realizations. You've lived a little bit in the world, probably independent from your parents. And you're just all of a sudden like, oh my God, I know nothing. Um, please take me home. (laughs) Yeah. Wrap me up. Can I be 17 again? Um, and you definitely like, as you get older, I think I, appreciate my parents way more than I did at the time and fair enough at the time there was parts of me that appreciated what they were doing for me but at the same time I definitely did not want to be like smothered by them I was an independent person I had my own job I was doing all these things and I thought I was like I don't know I was gonna say king in the north but I think it's just I've been watching too much (laughs) Game of Thrones um but I was just like thought I was like ruler and not that I was like such a like cocky confident person I am still not the most confident person but at the time I definitely thought that I knew everything that was going on in my life and I thought that I'd all figured out and I knew what my plan was going to be and this is how my life was going to be and it has absolutely not been that way at all yeah which in its own self too like that's a lot to come over like to overcome 
because you thought your life was going to be a certain way so and it's not god i thought i was yeah. going to start singing um the friends theme there for a second um <laughs> But yeah, by the time you're 22, 21 kind of age, you've kind of realized, oh yeah, things maybe aren't going to be the path that I thought I was heading it's on. There not is as not easy as easy as you, as you thought. You've maybe moved out of the house for the first time. Um, you've maybe had a heartbreak by this point. There's a lot that happens by the time that you're 22. And I was like, I was yeah. reminded the other day, somebody was saying at my work about how when her um, nieces turn a certain age, like they're allowed to do something. And she'd said, oh yeah, when they're 22, they're allowed to do this. And somebody was like, why 22? And that reminded me, my dad always used to say, oh, you can do that when you're 22. The age was always 22. <laughs> and that's interesting. Yeah, I, the other day I was like, that's so bizarre that my dad always used to say that um and his response yeah. that when we could do anything like throughout the week was always tuesday um so tuesday and 22 <laughs> i don't know why those were his two things but um they were and it's really yeah. bizarre um but yet when you're 22 you, you don't know shit um no fuck when you're 28 you don't know shit. i either. still i still i'm just gonna say yeah <laughs> i still have no fucking clue what i'm doing and i really wish that like so... you could just almost go, like go back in time and be like ah uh, yeah i'll just stay at home for a little while longer even oh, though I didn't really yeah. move out of home until I was like like twenty, how old would I have been? Like twenty five, when I fully properly moved out. But and at the time I was desperate to be gone. Um, I wanted to be my own mm -hmm. person, living in a different place. But maybe it's also been like because of like COVIDy stuff that I'm just like, oh no, take me back, wrap me in that blanket, please and yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, it's a trap. Don't grow yeah. up. But I guess my my point <laughs> is is that is that like fucking puberty is hard enough like can we just let people have their stuff yeah like be into makeup if you're into makeup be into video games if you're into video games but don't judge other people if they're not into the exact same thing things as mm -hmm. you so if there's any young listeners i don't know if there's anybody even listening to this but if you're still in high school just do your thing yeah. and let me tell you nobody is thinking about you as much as you think they are yeah that that was my biggest thing i was always like trying to take up as little room as possible and like i was always praying that nobody noticed me but like seriously nobody is and take up as much room as you want to take up as much room as you want because there is enough space for everybody and yeah if you want to like all things that people consider like oh that's too nerdy or oh my god you're a grandma don't give a fuck about it because turns yeah. out you'll probably revert back to that stuff anyway and if you truly yep. love it, just like just do just it. Just do it. It's I spent so much time trying not to or what am I trying to say? I spent so much time not doing the things that I liked to do, like read like we talked about this on the first episode, like reading and playing Animal Crossing or whatever it is doing my crafts and stuff like that i spent so much time not doing that because i was so focused on i don't know trying to please other people. making it um not even necessarily trying to please other people but just like making it as like a career and like i wish i would have spent more time doing it the last few years mm -hmm. because that's what makes me happy and that was something that i found that covid really like almost taught me i was leaning yeah. into back doing like crafts and stuff and i had started to pick up knitting and things but i really leaned into those things i'd say within the last few years because why am i not reading that book that i bought and i really like the look of why am i not putting yeah. aside the time for me to do the things that i really do enjoy and care like about to do. um yeah and also taking stock of like, oh, I'm in this moment and I'm enjoying it. 
just enjoy what yeah. you're doing instead of thinking oh well people will think i'm like old if i like those things or people will yeah uh, nobody my age is like interested in things like that yeah so what um who cares who cares and i try to like live through there's a certain part of me too that when i was 17 i would wear whatever the fuck i wanted and dressed a little bit different from everybody else and when i went to counseling she like i don't know opened that thing and i was like oh make 17 year old kirsty proud of like who you are you can take those things that when you were in 17 that you really truly were like confident about and like i can do this but embody that in your like 27 year old self and be like yeah no, take the knowledge you have the knowledge you have but the confidence and-, and cockiness you had as a teenager and yeah. Yeah. transport that into like who you are and maybe revert to some of those things that you did really enjoy and you're not picking up as like a teenage or like as an adult but then things that you now enjoy as an adult be like oh well I would have really enjoyed this as a teenager and I'm glad that I'm now doing it yeah it's hard and especially moving moving back that's kind of been the the real struggle for me is I'm a completely different person Mm -hmm. From when I moved away and when I was, like, I moved away when I was 21, 20, 21, something Mm -hmm. like that. And I've learned so much and I've grown so much and I'm glad for that. But also, like, my mom has made a few comments of, like, oh, like, you used to be so bubbly or you used to be so this or so that. And I'm like, I want to get back to that, like, the person that I used to be, but I don't want to lose the stuff that I've done since then. I I don't know. I don't know. how You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Gained over the years of like living yeah you don't want to lose that and the idea that somebody is nostalgic for the person you used to be I always find that so hurtful because I am now the person that I am like fair enough I would want to like um if there's like the fun parts or whatever but that doesn't mean that those aren't there they're maybe just buried a little deeper or like it takes a little bit different things for that person to like come out their shell but it doesn't mean that it's not there you're always you're always there um yeah so that's I'm kind of struggling with that right now because like moving to Vancouver it was completely different because we didn't know anybody there Mm -hmm. and you could pretty much be whoever you want not that I was trying to be not myself but it's it's hard to reconcile like the person you were when you're when you come back to your hometown it's like who it's kind of like who am who am I here but I I think I'm I think I'm starting to figure it out like and I I can relate to that too whenever I um not so much when I go back to like Nova Scotia, um, but more when I go back to Scotland, I almost have like an identity crisis um, because yeah, I that's what I feel like I I'm talk having. differently. Um, and that the talking thing comes back, but there's part of me that like now feels a little bit like an outsider because yeah. I didn't have like my university days there, or I didn't have like these different experiences that like my friends there have. Yeah and mm-hmm. so there's part of me that I think will always kind of feel a bit like an outsider, and even if I did, move back there permanently there would still be part of me that's like oh well I didn't do all my growing up here so I'm still like I'm from here I always will identify as coming from here but there's still that like yeah piece that's missing but I do think it's very valuable to move especially within your 20s Mm -hmm. um to move around a lot um I think you gain a lot more worldly experience from moving and there's a lot more you have to overcome when I moved to Canada um I moved with my parents and there was all that like security when you move with like your boyfriend or like your partner or whatever there's a different or even by yourself or by yourself 
you, there's a completely different security. You got to figure that stuff out on your own, and yeah, it can be very lonely and very heartbreaking. It, it can be lonely, but it also makes you tough. I feel it like like makes it makes you stronger, and that's something I always forget too. Like it's a very very brave thing to move, whether it's like four hours from where you live or four different time zones away from where you live. Like it's mm-hmm. a hugely brave thing to do and we it should be like a lot more celebrated than it is that Yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people like here who I went to high school with that never left. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. Like if that's what you decide to do, but I I really think it is it is a valuable experience to move away from your hometown even just to see things from other people's perspective and to gain like empathy for other people mm-hmm. because like if you grow up like nine times out of ten everybody you grow up with is very similar to you and having the experience of meeting people who are are not similar to you at all is valuable and it makes you I think it makes you more empathetic because yeah you see that there's people who live a different way yeah. than you and living those different ways too um definitely like I've lived in three very distinct places and I honestly thought like moving to Canada I was like oh well I'm moving to another English-speaking country it will be easy it was not and Mm -hmm. then I moved from one coast to the other coast and I was like well I'm moving within the same country it will be easy it was not um no it's very different it's always hard to go somewhere where you don't know anybody yeah that's the thing it's like we like really don't have any family out here and it was very challenging to not have that immediate person that we could always call on but then that's where like you guys came in when we became more friendly with you guys it definitely became like oh well if something were to happen we have nikki and evan here we have someone somebody and we still have some people here even though you guys have left um not many people yeah but we have enough that if i like broke my (laughs) leg we'd get to the hospital okay (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But for the first little while when we lived here, I was like, if something happens and one of us has to go to the hospital for, like, something that you would, like, wouldn't call an ambulance for, I was like, we're fucked. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what my, like, my mom said, too, when we moved to Nova Scotia. It was like, like, it takes me six hours to get to you. Yeah. So what if, like, what if something happens? And I'm like, well, people, like, I don't know, but people do it all the time and Mm -hmm. it's fine. So, yeah. Anyway. That was a major... (laughs) tangent tangent o'clock but that was yeah anyway but be who you want to be go where you want to go let let people live it's not even it's not even like be who you want to be definitely be who you want to be but also you have to let other people be who they want to be you can't judge people just because they're not like you and also if somebody likes something different from you take this as like a learning opportunity learn even if you don't you're not interested in what they love it's a great way for you to make like a connection with somebody else and be like oh that's really sweet it's not something i'm interested in but i'm so glad like empower that person don't don't drag them down just because you don't like it yeah yeah not here for that at all yeah (laughs) as a teenager i would have just been like oh yeah okay you don't like it so i'm not gonna like it anymore and now i'm like "Mm, all right still gonna do the thing that i enjoy um yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it was really funny reading this book again in 2021 because, like, obviously it talks a lot about, like, fashion and <laughs> trends mm-hmm. because, like, half the characters are very fashionable. Yep. I just thought it was hilarious 
because they specifically mentioned at one point low rise sparkly denim jeans. Oh, oh my I was god. Like, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. That is a time capsule back to the early 2000s. I was like, oh, the whale tails and like the like bedazzled jeans. And I had it. I I'll, I am here to admit that I had it. Yeah. I, but I really hope that they don't come back, and I feel like it might be, and I'm a little scared. There, well, yeah, there seems to be like a trend of like 2000s things coming back now, and I'm like, why are we? It feels like yeah. a regression. Um, yeah, why are we doing this? I, it's not. It wasn't good then, and it's not good now. I have a very distinct memory, and actually, I wouldn't mind if I had a pair of these that actually fit me now, because I think like if I had the same pair, I would maybe be able to pull them over a calf. Um, <laughs> But it definitely would not reach the, like, thigh and butt region. But I had these pair of, like, shorts that were, like, really, really short denim shorts. Um, But they had, like, gold sparkles, like, weaved into them. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I just had a flashback to those. I can, like, remember the store I got them from. I have a picture of them of, like, within the first week that I moved to Halifax. I have a picture of me on the Halifax waterfront wearing them. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh my god. Yeah. What a time. Yeah. Like late 2000s. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I had these pants from Northern. I don't know. What was it called? It, it Like it's a Northern Reflections, but it was like the kids version. Oh, okay. So yeah. it had a different name. I can't remember what, for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called right now. But they were like, fla- oh, and like the flare pants are coming back, but that's hell. Yeah, when it snows because your your flare pants just drag through the snow and it just gets all and you have to live with wet pants for the rest there of the day. There was like an influencer right now on TikTok and she was like, "Oh my god, look at these flare pants! Like you can hardly see my shoe." And then she was like, "I forgot about the wet." And when I first saw them, I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I actually maybe wouldn't mind a pair of those." And then when I saw them wet, I was like, "Yeah, no, I hate having wet legs and feet. I'm not." Yeah. yeah, I'm never buying a pair. Yeah, it was like the flared like Lululemons. Remember, oh. remember those? Well, I didn't have Lululemons, but I did have like f- the flared like yeah. yoga pants. But like the flare yoga pants. Oh, like, <laughs> no. I'm actually thinking about buying some. I have an idea for an outfit that I'm like, I need, I need like a flared black yoga <laughs> pants. So, ugh, fuck, fuck. Maybe they're coming back in. Yeah. But anyway, what was I saying? Yeah. Oh, Northern oh yeah, I had these. Yes, these pants. And I think that they were flared. I can't actually remember. They must have been because everything was flared mm-hmm. back then. But they had like strips of like velvet. And it was like brown and like teal blue and like a light baby blue. And I fucking loved those pants <laughs> so much. Oh <laughs> my god. Those were, the, those were the fucking pants. And then I had a shirt that was like, it had like little crystals on it and it had pairs. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what did it fucking say? It was like, it's perfect or something oh like that. God. And oh my God. But now they're coming back with those too, because we got a shirt in at work the other day that literally is like a black baby tee. So it's like cropped mm-hmm. and like really snug fitting. And it says dramatic across, of it, <laughs> across the tits. Uh, I'm just like, uh, oh my God, please. Can we not like, no, please. Yeah. It was so embarrassing then. And it's going to be even more embarrassing now. I mean, certainly, I don't think it's for me to wear. I'm definitely too old for all of this, like, Y2K trends that are coming yeah. back. But Jesus. I very I much like, love Ugh. the peak of, like, high-waisted jeans with, like, I don't know, like, the combat boot kind of thing. That, can we just stay in that time frame? 
I like that. Yeah. You or can. like sweatpants. You, like it, I'm here for those too. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to keep so like the comfortable the fashion. New, like the new um Christmas campaign is like a mix of like the cozy and like fancy because now we're kind of half and half. We're like kind of back to mm-hmm. it. But also still a lot of people are still like in lockdown or mm-hmm. they're not going out because of things. So it's like half and half. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a half. As long medium. as we keep Yeah, as long as we keep some of the, the cozy. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, when you were describing your outfit, I'm gonna have to dig out the pictures of these when I go home at Christmas and maybe we can like post it with the episode or something. <laughs> I have a okay. very distinct memory of me having I went through like skater phase i could not skateboard to save my life but like it was like peak avril lavigne like skater boy phase Mm -hmm. and i had these pair of pants that were cord pants and but they were just like huge like like bell bottoms i don't know if that's the the phrase for them but they were just like if you actually laid them out like they would have came in really narrow where my waist was because at the time i was a twig but they were just these huge like tunnels of fabric for legs <laughs> and I had them like I had like vans like they're really like almost like the DC shoes where they were like really really chunky mm-hmm. and padded around the side of them the, but I had a yeah I had like shoes. vans versions of them could not skateboard to save my life and I have this like hoodie that I had with it too and like a beanie and I got it for my birthday because I remember we went like on a special shopping trip because I wanted some clothes for my birthday. And I remember we bought this like particular outfit at a store. And now looking back, I'm like, sweet Jesus. And it's before I had braces too. So my <laughs> teeth are a fucking mess. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I- I'll look up the rough. picture because I don't care if the world sees it. But I think um, I don't know if I would have pictures of the pants, but I definitely have pictures of me in that pear shirt. So Maybe oh, I can see yeah. if I can find that and we can post it. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. This will be... I def. I know I have pictures of this because I ha- also had a hamster at the time and it was around my birthday, so I know that there's pictures that exist of this, but oh my God, what a time to be alive. Yeah. And I definitely would hate pants like that now. I love like pants that are tighter and I know people are like, oh, stop wearing skinny jeans, but fuck, I love skinny jeans. Why are we saying yeah, no me to too. them? Me too. Because they like, you keep cozy in them, and yeah, yeah. I did bite the bullet, and I have like a pair of straight, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to go like fully wide. Yeah, I don't so... know. I also like that when you wear skinny jeans, if you haven't shaved your legs in a while, you don't feel your hair prickle yeah. on the jeans. But if you yeah. have straight leg or anything, you can feel the hair prickle on your jeans. And I'm yeah, I don't like that yeah. sensation. That's a valid, that's a valid reason. Yeah. yeah, so I just thought that was funny. It was like a blast from the past yeah. to read all of the descriptions of the clothes. Also, it's so funny because, so she has this like, um, like full body transplant. Mm-hmm. And so she's in the hospital, obviously, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And when she fully like becomes conscious and realizes like that she's in the hospital, they tell her that she's been in the hospital for over a month. And she starts flipping her shit because she's like, oh, my God, I need to go to school. I need to be in school. I, I haven't been in school for over a month. I'm going to be so behind. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like that's so what it's like to be a teenager. Even mm-hmm. like school stuff aside, if you're super if you're super nerdy like I was, like you would be stressed about like missing that much school. Yeah. But 
school was like your entire life when you're when you're a teenager it's not just about school it's about like that's your entire entire, like social life so and like so much stuff happens to you when you're at school and it seems like it's your entire life oh my god so you miss a day and then like everything happens on that day so if you miss a month yeah you're you're behind yeah (laughs) on everything so i just thought it was funny because like now i would be like a month of no school fuck yeah yeah but it's it's funny to think that she was like panicking because she hadn't been in school for for a month yeah and it's not like you can't catch up or anything like that like a month is not that bad there's somebody i went to school with um she missed a lot of time um she was really really ill and she ended up having to like she just like went to a year below um but her sister was in the year below so she just like slotted in with her sister and her friends so it wasn't too bad um Hmm. but still though it sucks if you have to like if you know if everybody knows that you're like i can't imagine if everybody knows that you've missed a great even though i'm sure everybody understood because she oh was yeah sick, she, if that's what it was she was super sick so it wasn't like she was like forcibly being put back a grade um because of like yeah academic reasons it was purely because she had been ill so i suppose it was academic reasons but not through like not yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to understand the work it was just she just missed so much school yeah and i think she maybe could have came back but like her parents probably just like kept her off for longer to be like no no you'll just wait until the end of the school year and go just rest yeah yeah so on that on that note because she was in the hospital for such a body trans for such a huge surgery as a body Mm -hmm. transplant um when i read it the first time i didn't really think about this but it's it's kind of a huge moral argument body transplants if you think about it yeah because so obviously it's completely unrealistic I don't know. Maybe it's not unrealistic. I'm not a doctor. Maybe maybe it's possible. Maybe we're only a few years out from this. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's not so. medically impossible to transplant a brain at this point in time. Um, it's not medically impossible no, it's not or medically possible. Po- so I think I said impossible. It's oh, not okay. medically possible okay. <laughs> at this time to transplant a brain, as far as I'm aware. Okay. There's too much um, stuff to do with like nerve endings and things, and you can't fix if a nerve is severed, and you would have to sever the spinal cord to take out a brain right so it just won't work okay anyway we'll, we'll believe in this magical world that it's fine <laughs> yes in this magic in this version of reality it it is it can mm-hmm. happen and so kind of the the thing that i thought was interesting and like that would be like an interesting debate to have would be so so this model had a lot of contracts and she was contracted to this huge um company it, it's kind of like a god it's it's called actually it's called stark enterprises in the oh, that's in funny. the book and i'm wondering if i'm wondering if it is like a nod to marvel a bit like tony stark Maybe. because she is like the the author is kind i think she's into like comic books and stuff like that because she has a few other characters in her other books that are like into comic books and marvel and mm-hmm. And around 2008, two of it was released. That was around when the first Iron Man was released. Okay, yeah. interesting. That's what I, I wrote that down when I was reading it. I was like, is this supposed to be a nod mm-hmm. to that? It, it's never, it never says anything mm-hmm. about that, but I guess it, they couldn't if you were going to have a, an, a whole company called Stark Enterprises. Yeah. But um, so I'm, I wonder if that's 
if that's what it is, but it's kind of like a Walmart, I would say, because the Stark is a, like a Stark store. That that's where she is when she gets hit by this this okay. TV. So this model has like a contract with the store. Um, she's the face of the brand or whatever. So the Stark Enterprises funds the body transplant um, program in this hospital, and they once she's awake and kind of they they know that it's worked and it's it's working and she's in the body and she can use the body properly Mm -hmm. they tell her that because they they transferred her brain her parents had to sign over like they had to have a a funeral for her old body and they had to legally declare her dead and now she's in this new body and she has to pretend to be nikki howard because she's like contractually obligated to be the face of this brand and she has like all these modeling contracts that she has to that she has to fulfill and they say so if you don't do this you you're liable for the for the payment of the surgery which is like two million dollars or something like that and her parents are professors so it's like impossible for for them to be able to pay it back but they were like oh don't worry we'll figure out a way but obviously, that's that's a hard thing to put on a teenager. That, this is a huge moral <laughs> hole that we have. Well, yeah. So they did talk about it a bit because I don't know. I don't know how this how true this is now. Maybe it was true back then. But they were saying that it's only the definition of being dead in New York State is if your heart stops beating. So technically, this Nikki Howard's heart is still beating even though she was brain dead so her she's brain dead she's she doesn't exist anymore her personality her soul like whatever it is you want to say is gone but her heart is still beating so technically she's still alive this girl this other girl was on like life support she wouldn't have survived if she her brain was fine but her body was broken this is like a medical ethics pandora's box (laughs) yeah yeah so not only that like the the medical part of it where it's like is it right to let somebody else take over another person's body after they're brain dead that's one thing but also to continue to use this person's body to make money after they're quote unquote dead even though they're even though their heart is still beating mm-hmm. their brain and their soul and their personality are is no longer existent and they can't consent like what like (laughs) i don't know if i want to go into the debate because i don't know if i have all the answers and it's definitely very complicated so hey if you if you have any ideas on this maybe you're a doctor you should email us dearbearableclub at (laughs) gmail.com yeah but yeah i'm not sure if i want to get into the whole thing because i obviously don't know very much about it but i just thought that that was an interesting thing to think about also was there a big age difference between the two of them no, they were they were the same age. Huh. It's interesting though that like somebody at like whatever age they were, are they teenagers? Yeah, they were seventeen. So seventeen, and they are contracted to be doing these things for like. It might be very... uh, important to note that the model was Nikki Howard. Was um, it's kind of weird to say your own name. <laughs> anyway. Um, she was uh, an emancipated minor. Oh, okay. So she was like in charge of her own. Yeah. I don't know finances and all that kind of stuff. She was like her own like estate. Uh, technically yeah. an adult. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, yeah, that definitely adds another element to it, but that's that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot for pressure, a teenager, especially when you were a teenager that didn't sign on to any of that, and you're not like you weren't legally emancipated from your parents, and to then all of a sudden yeah. be like in that situation. But it's a weird yeah. definition too that like that's like what the or in the book like that you're legally dead from your heartbeat. That's why like. I don't know as much as I feel like the medical field, like things like this, they will want to strive for. But when it comes to like transplants of like brains and things, one, it's very complicated to do, but two, like then who is that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where and that's kind the, of what she was dealing with. Be drawn on that. Um, yeah. Cause I know that there are people who like, when they do get transplants, they like, then all of a sudden have like a, they now love different like, tastes, t- different tastes, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's interesting for like the brain because that's like not that's like your your whole cognitive function. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's kind of what the book ultimately is about is like her trying to figure out like who she is now. But they basically make her pretend to be Nikki, and she has to tell everybody that like what happened and why she was gone for a month was that she when she fell at this store opening she hit her head and got amnesia mm. <laughs> and so that's why so that's kind of the story and how they explain her not remembering any any of the people that she had worked with before and blah 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 all that kind of stuff oh, okay so yeah so yeah Interesting. An interesting argument to be had. Not sure I'm the, the smartest person to have the, uh, have the argument. But it also does talk about, when they're talking about the body transplants and stuff, they said that a lot of people, like obviously this is, this is in the book, this is mm-hmm. not true, but a lot of famous people and like royalty, I think that they were trying to refer to Princess Diana, have had body transplants. Oh, to like have a normal life so they would be walking around in somebody else's body so that and so like princess diana because she died they are saying that the argument was that she died put her brain in another person's body and is walking around as somebody else because she wanted to have a normal life wow interesting yeah, right interesting. and i completely didn't even like pick up on that when i read it as a like as a kid yeah. because like why would I would never think of that but it's yeah so reading it as an adult that was kind of an interesting an interesting uh point in the book um yeah what else oh yeah that's pretty much it ultimately I think she she did a I I like the book like I always like her writing it's always really funny and really interesting Mm -hmm. um she always does such a great job of like painting a picture of new york a lot of her books are set in new york Mm -hmm. and it always makes me want to go because i think she lived there for a long time yeah have you been to new york at all never oh my god okay we need to go on a trip okay oh well if evan doesn't take you we should go well we should all go yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay we can also go as a girl's trip um or we could take our husbands but if we do go and take our husbands we could just like peace out and do like our own thing because yeah i think like going around new york with like a friend would be a very different experience and so much fun 
well also we would have to ditch them anyway if we went shopping um yeah there's no way i could <laughs> live through that um, yeah my aunt went and she loved it and um evan went and he loved it mm-hmm. yeah I've and been... one of my friends went and she's like obsessed with it she wants to go back all the time yeah. so we've both been but independently of each other um it was before we yeah. we met um but i really did love it um I'd love to go like in the lead up to Christmas too. Uh, oh, I yeah, think that would be so really expensive. magical. It's just so expensive. But yeah. I, when I went with my family, we went in August, um, and oh, it was yeah. beautiful. I think Evan went. It was very hot though because like all the yeah. concrete just like keeps Ugh. in all the heat. Um, Ugh, but I would definitely do August again. Yeah, it was sticky, but I would definitely do that time of year again because it was was really beautiful. Um, and yeah. if we're like living in Nova Scotia, you can drive there and like. 10 hours it's not oh yeah it's not that's that not bad. bad yeah 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 i, mean, I think I, I would like to like see like the upstate area of new york as well too yeah that Especially, would be like, gorgeous in, the fall would be nice mm-hmm. yeah so it she always makes me really want to visit new york the only thing that was like a huge problem for me was i don't feel like it was really resolved in the end like they had a lot of problem so like she liked this boy from like when she was in her old body and she mm-hmm. wants to like she realized she she wants to be with him but she doesn't know how to do it in this new body oh, okay and then she also finds out that one of the the stark enterprises laptops that they gave her they're they're tracking her mm. and she's like why would they be tracking the, this girl and there was like a lot of problems that were brought up but then never resolved and i know it's so there is a sequel there is supposed to be a sequel and mm-hmm. i never read it but i just i feel like even if you have a sequel you still have to wrap up some things yeah, like you, you have to wrap up the story yeah usually and i mean obviously if there's like a, a common thread to to keep going in the into the sequel mm-hmm. that's fine and that there's like an an overarching problem to overcome but i feel like that's like her learning to be a new person basically so like if she would have just wrapped up those couple things like i just think it would have been a better it, ju- it just wouldn't have felt so unfinished yeah so that was like my only my my only thing yeah overall it was pretty good i would say uh, my rating is three stars it was okay, okay. it wasn't great I feel like that was the same rating I gave it when I read it the first time. Maybe it's because I'm an adult now and mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it's not really about what I'm interested in now, but I think, I still think it's, it's probably the worst of, of her books. She definitely <laughs> wrote. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Maybe that sounds harsh, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I did, it's, it wasn't up on Goodreads just now and the rating for the second one is slightly higher than the first one. Oh, interesting. Maybe she like mm-hmm. how many of them are there? Is there I more think than two? Just the two. Okay. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe if like... I read the second one. Oh no, there's three. Sorry. The third one has yeah. The third one actually has the highest rating of them, but um, interesting. But it's also got the lowest number of ratings. The first mm-hmm. one has the highest number of ratings, so that maybe gives you a bit more of an accurate yeah account. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like I said, I can understand like you trying to make it into like a series. Maybe, maybe the second one gives it a bit more like fleshing out or something. Mm-hmm. But still, know. with a series, I find the best ones are ones that could be like standalone novels. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, you can continue on. 
um i'm not really a cliffhanger series person yeah i don't mind cliffhangers it makes me want to like obviously read the Mm -hmm. next one as fast as possible and i guess that's a tactic but yeah it's just to but it's not even like it was a cliffhanger it was it just kind of ended yeah i don't i'm not here and with with nothing being resolved really so there are books that can do that really well where the book like ends and you can kind of have like that unresolved thing because I definitely for me normal people on my first time reading it I was like there needs to be more there needs to be like another I didn't get the ending I wanted but I think that that was actually the best way that that novel could have ended um yeah I actually liked the ending I wasn't mad (laughs) second time round I wasn't mad first time round I think I was just in a place in my life where I needed it to end a different way a different way but that's a tale for another day (laughs) Yeah, so that's my book with my name in it. Yay! Uh, maybe the next one I won't tear into so much. Maybe the next one I'll like. <laughs> no, it's good to tear into a book once in a while, but uh, not. That, it's not even that I didn't really enjoy it. Actually, I thought I would hate. Like, I thought I wouldn't enjoy it as as much as I as I did. Like, I thought that reading like a young adult book, not that young adults, not that young adult books are bad. I, there's lots of that I've liked reading as an adult mm-hmm. but this one maybe was just a bit too young adulty for me yeah yay okay. yay okay so my book with my name in it is called i found you by lisa jewell and it is set in the uk and she at, at the time that this was released she had written 17 novels holy shit yeah she's written a lot and i know that she has a brand new one out right at the right now we saw it when we went away um let me just pull this up uh, the night she disappeared um just okay. came out this year so she has written like a lot of novels and they're all, I think, like, suspensefully thrillery type mm-hmm. novels, which I didn't know if I'd like this book. But the first time I picked it up, I was in Costco with my mom. And I read the back of it and was like, okay, I'm not going to read this because if I read this, my mom's going to read it and I don't think she should read it. <laughs> and the only reason is, is my name is in the book. That's obviously why I'm doing it today. But my brother's name is my la- my character's last name. So, and spoiler, this is a huge spoiler, but it's also kind of not. It leads up to the the whole time. Um, my character dies and she is <laughs> murdered. So I just thought that maybe it wasn't a good idea that my mom read that both of her na- children's names um, are murdered. this one person and they are murdered. Um <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm going to read the back of the book. Hey, both of our characters die. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I hope that's not foreshadowing. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, I really don't want to be murdered. So Yeah. I really don't want to have to be brain transplanted. (laughs) So in the windswept British seaside town of Riding House... Oh, fuck. I'm not good at these... (laughs) In the windswept British seaside town of Ridinghouse Bay, single mom Alice Lake finds a man sitting on the beach. He has no name and no idea how he got there. Meanwhile, in a London suburb, newlywed Lily Munroes grows anxious when her husband fails to return home from work. But the police soon deliver even more disturbing news. The man she married never truly existed. 23 years earlier, Grey and Kirsty Ross are teenagers on a summer holiday with their parents. The annual trip to Riding House Bay is uneventful, 
until an enigmatic young man starts paying extra attention to Kirsty. Something about him makes Grey uncomfortable, and it's not just because he's a pr- protective older brother. Who is the man on the beach? Where is Lily's missing husband? And whatever happened to the man who made such a lasting impression on Grey? So that's mm. back of the book, and it's, yeah, really good. Um, another little bit that was I found in the summary was a delicious collision course of a novel filled with the believable characters, stunning writing, and shocking twists and turns. I Found You is infused with just enough intrigue to keep the pages turning. I definitely found that it was such a nice pace of a book. I didn't feel that it was rushing in certain parts. And there's a lot of chapters where all of a sudden it leaves you in a cliffhanger. Then it moves to a completely different mm. perspective or back in time, move forward Ugh. in time. It like it keeps the pace going. And I really did enjoy that because sometimes that can be really like confusing and really frustrating. Yeah. But then when you're in that little moment of time for a chapter that you've maybe moved forward to like the present day in the book, you kind of forget that you were back in time a second ago. Like I found it was really immersive. And this mm-hmm. time around, because I reread it, I did listen to the audiobook and I found that the it was really quite pleasant to listen listen to. Obviously, it's a very heavy topic at times, but I enjoyed the person who narrated it. And overall, the cliffhangers that were left, they were really intriguing cliffhangers. It was like, oh my God, I got to read a lo- just a little bit more. I got to listen just a little bit more. It would yeah. really drove the book, which sometimes when you leave those cliffhangers, it doesn't drive the book, but she's obviously very good at what she does. Um, I definitely really enjoyed it. And there are certain bits where all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, could um, the man on the beach who they refer to as Frank... They refer to him as Frank because he can't remember his own name. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so there's all of these, like it's not super duper confusing in the sense that there's like so many different plot lines that you have to follow. There's kind of like three main ones. Um, The plot line of the missing husband, the plot line of the mysterious man on the beach, and then the plot line back in time. But you do hear perspectives of like the um, Alice who found the man on the beach. You hear from her point of view. You hear from Frank's point of view, who is the mysterious man on the beach. Um, you hear from Lily's perspective, but you don't really hear from anybody else in her timeline. But then the timelines. Oh my God. I just whacked the mic. <laughs> the timelines cross over from each other. I, I just found it was a very, very well written book and I really did enjoy it. Um, and I first had borrowed it from a lady at work and that's why, because I didn't buy it the first time I saw it. Um, somebody at work was reading it for her book club and I borrowed it from her. Um, and I have my own copy of it and it is really good. Um, I just wouldn't recommend it to my mom. Um, I'd pretty much recommend (laughs) it to every other person except my mom. Um, so yeah, looking into Lisa Jewell, she does have a, a novel that's just been released in 2020, The Night She Disappeared which also falls into the suspense category. So I really do feel that this is her niche. And if you do like suspenseful novels, this is like her category. Um, I think most of her books are set in the UK, but she herself is British. So you write where you live generally. Um, I love British writers. Yeah, so do I. I don't know why. I don't know why it's specifically British writers, but I just love the way they write. Yeah, I think for me too, sometimes it's like a, I know the places that they're talking about sometimes. So I really can feel almost like transported back home so I sometimes really 
delve deep into them. Um, I really loved, like, yeah, the three storylines, the twist, the suspense, and that there was some chaos within them. The characters, for it being a novel, they are, you get to know them really, really well, really quickly. And there's not an overload of characters. I found, I think in the one of the books I've reviewed, I really didn't like that there was so many characters that, like, there was ones that it was just, like, there was no point to them. These ones, yeah. there was the minor characters, like, Alice has some children, but their roles are needed for the time that they're, like, introduced. It gives, like, a little bit more depth to Alice's character. And... Yeah. The slow reveal of like Frank because you slowly learn who he is. It's almost like the like kind of like analogy of the onion. You slowly peel back his layers. You get to know more about him, and all of that. I just found that the characters were very dynamic and there was a lot of depth to them. Yeah. Um, and it's the right amount of characters for the way the story is written. Yeah. Um, and you really like as you're going with the book you think you know where this is heading and then it kind of takes a little turn but then it maybe goes back to the where you thought it was heading and reading it the second time round there was things that i had forgotten so i'm glad i reread it um like the ending i was like i'm pretty sure this is how it ends and it was the way i thought it ended but i there was a lot that i didn't remember too so like little details that were really important that really tied it all together so I'm really glad that I started um I I did reread it because I would have missed a lot of the like finer details of oh yeah that little thing happened and that's what led to this and like yeah um I feel like rereading like suspense and even like re-watching suspenseful show like shows and stuff like that and re-rereading books like we just re-watched um only murders in the building with yeah. Evan's parents and like re-watching it is like you you just catch so much stuff now that you know like where it's going and in, in like how it ends that was like when we re-watched the bodyguard with you guys that would have been my, oh yeah right my third time watching it I love yeah. it every time there's all of these like little things and you catch something new um but I just think if something is done really well you can watch it multiple times um, not yeah. that there's there are certain things that are done really well that you're like that was heavy I've watched it I never need to see it again yeah Downtown Abbey for me <laughs> yeah whereas I, I could it. watch Downtown Abbey great. over and over but I well you know what I could probably watch some of it but I just don't think I could watch season three but also I have learned that watching Downtown Abbey if I know that something is coming up I skip episodes which yeah. I think is the only show that I would really endorse skipping episodes in. Because you don't need to not the first time relive though. that trauma. Um, not the first time through. you got to watch it all the first time through. you got to feel all those feels. But um, <sighs> after that, you maybe don't need to feel all of those. Um, yeah, I was pretty legitimately mad at you guys when you showed me that. And then <clears throat> tore my heart out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's like with suspenseful stuff for sure. It's re- rereading it. Because for me, like, I'm always trying to guess the ending, and I think I'm always pretty pretty close. I consume a lot of content, so I, like, I feel like I know a lot of the avenues that people will use, like, authors and, and screenwriters and stuff like that, because I guessed the bodyguard, if you recall. Yes, you guessed the bodyguard, and you guessed several of the plot lines in Downton Abbey. Even oh, yeah, right. Downton Abbey's not suspenseful, <laughs> you guessed a lot of them, and we started taking yeah. note of how many times you were right. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know, maybe that's a flaw in my character, but... 
absolutely like not. It became entertaining. I like to guess. <laughs> um, I'm sure the note still exists on Joseph's phone where we were like taking notes of like when you guess things. Um, also, um, I guessed Fight Club within the first five minutes. I just want to say that. <laughs> I've still never seen it, so. Well, I, and I was like, it was one of the first, because it's one of Evan's favorite movies, and we watched it when we first started dating. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of guessed what the plot twist was like within the first five minutes and i told him i was like i think i know what's happening and he was like it's been five minutes how could you possibly know yeah and i was like i know and he was like okay well write it down in a note on your phone and yeah yeah because he didn't want to like spoil it for me mm-hmm. but yeah so i like and he was like yeah you're right and i was like yes that happened with joseph with the notebook and oh I was <laughs> yeah so angry because I was like, oh my god, you haven't seen the note, but we should watch it sometime. And then eventually I was like, oh, we're going to watch it. And he he guessed it. And I was, yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> but yeah, and as much as, so my dislikes for this novel, as much as I really did like that the layers started peeling back, it does take a bit of time for that to actually start being super suspenseful. There's a lot mm. of very much mystery to start with. And sometimes I'm like, all right, we get that he. We don't know who he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Like, where's this yeah. story going? Um, so that took a little bit of time, but then once it starts happening, it just you feel it's almost like you're running down the hill and you can't like your feet are going and you can't like stop. It really yeah. does pick up the pace later on. So I yeah. can forgive it for that because it really did pick, pick up. up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and there is some like little twists and turns too when you find out some little backstories to their lives. Um, and there was one thing when um, you find out a little bit more about the guy who showed up on the beach, when you find out that he was a school teacher, there's something I just maybe clearly didn't read properly the first time. He is a teacher and he's on a school trip with the students in his class and he all of a sudden sees this person and then he kind of that's when he like it's almost like a cloud comes over him and the i thought that he had like straight up just like abandoned these children on the school trip and just like <laughs> fucking peaced out and leading up until the point i was like oh my god i can't remember what happens with these children i'm sure he was a teacher and i was trying to piece it together in my mind of where the story was going but no no he did like he'd seen this guy when he'd gone to get a coffee while he was taking these kids on a trip he continued on with the trip got the kids home and then takes a leave of absence and i was like oh thank god i was like (laughs) at least he didn't like completely fucking rack his life like before he like peaced the fuck out and went to this beach um so there was like an extra suspense thing where i was just like i can't remember what the hell happens and (laughs) it was like yeah, I added an extra layer to m- for myself because I was <laughs> desperate to know when this part was coming up because I was like, I need to figure this out because he's just peaced out and left these school children on a school trip in the middle of London. Um, but no, he did get them home. Like, yeah, it all worked out. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, but definitely like the book definitely has like a little bit of romance, I suppose, in a sense. Definitely thriller, survival. There is death in it mystery but also it grief plays a huge part in the book mm-hmm. um because that's almost what sets him off um and then he talks about like a lot of unresolved grief yeah 
um but it's very very good and and i did take out some quotes from the book as well um which there's this one and i really think that um this one like almost encapsulates sometimes how you get into your own head and when it's just you you can like um i don't know it can be really dark it's a really small quote though but when it's just me alone with myself there is no sunshine and like that can really like encapsulate like when you are grieving yeah i just thought it was a really like dark moment like yeah sometimes you genuinely do feel like it's just entirely dark and there's no sunshine when you are just like left sitting with your own thoughts yeah Um, well especially if you're grieving or mm -hmm. if like you're in that depression state it's like you can't even see a way out of it like you can't see you literally can't see the light because you're just you you can't like you're in your own head and your Mm -hmm. head is not letting you help yourself basically yeah and as much as like this story like it does have a lot of dark moments there were a few moments that were really funny and the way she describes a meal at one point she said his minute steak was tough and chewy the chips were too greasy and the ketchup wasn't Heinz and I was like fuck if we have not all had a meal like that that's just like pure disappointment yeah like Wait, you're you, looking you haven't forward lived to a it? life you're like oh yeah i'm having a steak and there's gonna be fries and it's gonna have like ketchup like all this fucking trimmings and then whatever that meal is for you and then you eat and you're like well this was blonde and shit um we've all had that meal that you've ordered somewhere and you're like oh yeah i'm looking so much forward to this and then you're like oh yeah skip the dishes especially like not there's some things that just cannot be ordered yeah to go like you have to have them in the moment because there's just you just can't something appetizers just don't, don't appetizers transfer well with skip the dishes burgers um, usually like you always are mm-hmm. like yes all I want is a burger and I feel like some of the like fast food places have really perfected it so usually if you're ordering like McDonald's or Wendy's like you're mm-hmm. fine but these fancy like gourmet burgers they never turn out like you think they're going to i think it's maybe like mcdonald's and stuff they do put like dressings on it but usually like the ones that you get in restaurants they pile it so much with so much stuff yeah that just doesn't travel well when some of it is cold and some of it's hot yeah yeah anyway i was just like i thought it was really funny because i was like fuck we've all had a meal that we've just been like oof. well that was yeah not what i wanted yeah um yeah and just the fact that the ketchup wasn't heinz like yeah that's just that's just the last straw mm-hmm. and i'm a heinz ketchup like i'm not really a ketchup person but like heinz is heinz. Where it's at for me yeah anyway and the same as like mayonnaise for me mayonnaise has to be hellman's I, yeah none of any other brand for me um i just like i tried to pick quotes that weren't like entirely to do with like what happened in the book because yeah you can give a lot away but there were some other things i was like oh that's kind of like a neat thing to maybe just like comment on um so this is to do with alice is describing her daughter jasmine posting on instagram and i just thought it was like a really (laughs) neat kind of like observation she's like somewhere oh Someone somewhere has liked something that Jasmine has posted on Instagram. 
This means that Alice's phone will continue to pop for the next 10 minutes or so, as everyone Jasmine knows likes the thing she posted. Alice pictures a sea of disembodied thumbs senselessly pressing hearts. She Oof. sighs. And <laughs> like the idea of obviously just like Oof. thumbs just like 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 um impressing like the heart. I was like, that's so funny because like often you're just scrolling on Instagram and you are just like, oh my friend posted this heart. Oh yeah, yeah. heart. Or oh that's kind of cute. Heart. You're just not yeah. even really thinking about it that you're really just like not really thinking about it and it is almost like it's your disembodied thumbs you're just it's an automatic response you're not even like really connecting with the thing yeah i don't usually like um like influencer stuff or like brands stuff I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I don't know why I get in my head and it's like I I can't let them see that I like it. I don't know why. That's so weird. No, I do try and do it if it's like small businesses because that needs to boost their I always like the first business I ever worked for which was a small dress store that was based here. I always like all their stuff. I always like all my friends stuff, but you're right. It is mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, even if no matter what it is, I just like it because it's them. Yeah. But I never like anything else. Maybe I should start. You're right. I should start like supporting small businesses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I find that like they often release things every so often of how they best gain traction and stuff. And yeah. sometimes it's not even hearts anymore. I think that's like the least helpful yeah. thing, which is like really it's weird. It's like comments and like saving them. Yeah. Which I never save posts usually unless it's like a recipe or something like that. Yeah, I save like craft posts and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really funny, like, commentary on how social media kind of just, it's just kind of, like, senseless pressing buttons. If you want to mindlessly like our post on Instagram, though, you should do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and again, another, like, little comment from, like, Alice's little life. Um, her parents both have dementia, and she often watches... She lives in the north of England, but her parents live in the south of England. Um, and they have cameras set up so that they can watch their parents on camera just to kind of like check in and how they're doing throughout their day and stuff. So they still live on their own? I think they must live on their own, but I think her sister lives like closer by, but they like. Oh, okay. Um, there, it seems to be that there are like people with dementia that don't really like go out from their house. They're, um, yeah. they very much stay in the house. So. But even in the fog of their fading faculties, they're holding hands. They are their hands. Oh, did I copy that right? They are their hands clutching. (laughs) There are their hands clutched together between them. They don't know who the prime minister is. They don't know what day of the week, what month or even what year it is. They can't quite remember their daughter's names. And they certainly can't remember if they had lunch today or what the plan is for supper tonight. They know nothing of any significance whatsoever, but they do know they love each other. And having a grandparent that had dementia, it's just like, oh, yeah, sometimes they don't remember who you are, but they know that they do love you. And 
that's just something that's really powerful that after all of their memory and all of that brain fog and stuff that happens that can still like push through and it's just yeah. I don't know it's kind of special and just the way that it was described I was like oh this she knows what this is like and yeah 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 we had a few members of the family go through that and it's just like like it's so hard to watch like, yeah it is so hard to watch and I just can't imagine like the fear that you would have yeah it, going through that and you can definitely tell that when you are with the person and they're having a moment where they're truly struggling and you can see that they're on the verge of having like a meltdown yeah there's so much empathy towards that person because you know that like this wasn't always there the way they lived and exactly they are there's fear and there's panic in that moment and then there's the moments where you have that they are lucid and you almost see that glimmer of the person they used to be and those are like little moments that you have to like treasure but yeah i just thought it was a very beautiful commentary on dementia yeah i have you read the my favorite murder book yet no i haven't okay well so i i think she talks about it a bit in the podcast but karen's mom had dementia or alzheimer's whichever one okay and so she she talks about it a lot in the book but mm-hmm. I think she also talked about it. I think I was watching her on somebody else's podcast talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, like, it's like you have to grieve your parent m- multiple times because. And before they, like, physically. Before they've passed. Died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I can't. I really hope that it doesn't happen to my parents because I, it would be so hard. And yeah. it's like. And you want to keep visiting, but it's hurtful when, like, mm -hmm. they don't remember you. Yeah, and my dad didn't go when all of this was starting to, like, be kind of unveiled. um, It was his mom, and he really didn't Mm want to go home to visit her for a while because, and we were like, no, no, you really have to go. You need to. I get that. I have that too. Like, Um, when my aunt was sick, I, like, avoided it. Yeah. That's, that's, problematic but it's just like i can't like i couldn't mm-hmm. i couldn't and then, deal and also i was young but yeah and then I when we went home for christmas we um we had to leave because we had to go to the airport to go home or we were going to the hotel that was near the airport and yeah. we still had to go visit my aunt before we left and i remember being like come on dad like we need to leave and i was starting to get I know like a little snippy but it was more because I I get anxious if I need to be places so I was getting starting to get a little anxious and stuff and my dad just like didn't want to leave and that was the last time we saw her alive and to know now that I was like (sighs) snippy and was just like come on we need to go um it hurts a little bit but I also know like that wasn't like I wasn't like intentionally doing any of that but yeah and you wouldn't, you would have never known. No, if that was the last. Thing, and that's so. always the thing because I like see my grandparents now so rarely that every time I do leave, as much mm-hmm. as you're like, well, it's not goodbye. Every time is goodbye. Um, yeah. When I do say yeah. goodbye to you them, like I never know, and that's something else that's very difficult to wrap your head around. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I truly just appreciated all these like little tidbits that I found in the book that had nothing really to do with the storyline, but it gave a little bit more flash out to the character. Um, yeah. That's the thing that builds the characters and that's what yeah. I think sometimes books are missing mm-hmm. because they don't think it's necessarily essential to the book, but I think it is to yeah. then understand more why why characters make the decisions that they do. Yeah. And um, and my last little quote, um, again, still has nothing really to do with the plot of the book. Um, it has nothing really to do with the like the content of the book. Um, like I think I've given a good enough summary of it, but there's all, like all of these like little tidbits that like made me think a little bit more. Um, so this is um, Frank um, as we know him because I have let loose that he was a teacher. Um, in the context of a school trip, it was as though they'd all just been released from a sensory-deprived capsule. And I think that there's never been a more accurate description of a school trip. (laughs) You could have the most well-behaved class that ever existed, and as soon as you were on a school trip, it is as if all of... (laughs) Their animals. Their mental faculties have just been... I don't know revived or just like (laughs) torn from their bodies like I don't know but you sometimes see like kids on school trips and you're like Jesus (laughs) what is going on because they're just like feral yeah and yeah so the idea that they've just been released from a sensory deprived capsule I just like love it because like then all your senses are rejuvenated and renewed and you are let loose on the world and um yeah well depending on what grade you're in like usually in in kindergarten stuff there's like lots of colorful posters and stuff in your and that's like every day every day you're like kind of a little bit wild um in kindergarten but i think he was describing like sorry high school children so like oh yeah i could definitely see that because like in high school you are sitting and you're like very respectful in the classroom as soon as there's that like moment where like there's a taste of freedom yeah a taste of something different everything's all hell breaks loose yeah um and i know a lot of teachers in my life and i just thought i was like oh my god yes i can completely (laughs) empathize with this this is like yeah 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 um but overall the book i would definitely um have it higher up there i would almost give it a five star review because i think wow it definitely it knocks it out in all the boxes that it needs to knock it out of mm-hmm. suspenseful thrillers is not really my choice of book but i really enjoyed it and i think that if you can get somebody who doesn't really enjoy that genre very well and you still knock it out the park and she's clearly very good at it she's keeps writing them and they must all yeah. be have like a bit of difference to them because if you were writing the same thing over and over again you're not going to keep selling books um Mm -hmm. so she's still like getting suspense in different ways and i think that obviously you're doing a very good job if you still manage to write books that um people buy people want to read yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i 
I would really recommend this book if you're that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Um, and I really didn't want to give too much spoilers away. I did spoil that I die in the book, <laughs> and I haven't really talked about me as a character in the book. Um, but um, the book does delve into there's like um, a bit of a like um, sexual abuse thing that happens. Um, with my character too so like that was difficult <laughs> to read um, your mom shouldn't read it yeah <laughs> and it was uncomfortable for me to read it too not just in like obviously the uncomfortableness that you can feel with reading that but I was like it's all describing my name with this yeah yeah and as much that as you know weird. it's somebody else it's still like oh that's me yeah um yeah 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 so yeah it's probably weird for your brain to like see yeah see it written name. down there or like mm-hmm. um spoken to um yeah yeah it, oh yeah i bet listening to the audiobook was probably yeah worse. at least that part it wasn't from as a character it was never from my perspective the character was in the book and i did feature like throughout the book um in a lot of ways but i wasn't one of the like main perspectives that was ever used. Actually, I don't think my perspective was ever used at all. So that was kind of nice because then I did have that detachment of like, I never heard it from my point of view. It was always like describing things that were happening to me. So I never like had to feel the emotions that like my, mm. car- like the mm-hmm. character with my name had gone through. Yeah. Um, it was just from somebody else. So I think that probably helped. I think if it had been, at times described that way i maybe probably, maybe wouldn't have finished reading and maybe couldn't have finished reading it yeah um but yeah it definitely is like the suspenseful category is filled i really um did enjoy it um it was just like slightly unusual to be reading a suspenseful book that yeah. has your name in it um <laughs> but overall i would recommend it to like pretty much anybody um I think my dad really likes suspenseful books, so he might be able to deal with it. Um, <laughs> I just don't recommend it to my mom. <laughs> so. yeah. Only Kirstie's mom can't read this book. Everybody yeah. else should read it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, mom. I think you've convinced me I might read it. <laughs> yeah. If you gave it a five star, that must be pretty good because. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah. So you've convinced me. You should send it to me when yeah. you're done with it. <laughs> Well, I know you're done. I know what yeah. you finished it, but once you once you can can part with it, yeah, you send it. Yeah. So there we go. That another, was our name. Podcast done. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Like, well, and also I feel like my name, like not a lot of people. I feel like Nicole might be a bit more common, but I feel like you don't see a lot of Nikki's. So oh, whenever I, was I see... say the opposite, um, really, yeah. Oh, well, I've never, I've never met. Oh, no, that's not true. I've met one other person named Nikki. I'm not generally a fan of other people named Nikki. <laughs> what yeah, does that say I about think me? You're the only Nikki that I've met that I like. So, um, <laughs> that's a good thing for you. Um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a universal thing. Don't be. Oh. Don't name your children Nikki. I guess. Actually, I should reverse that. The person who made me this dress, her name is Nikki. Um, oh my god, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I like her. Yeah. Though she's not making clothes anymore. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Damn it. Too bad. But yeah. So she has some cute stuff. Yeah, Nikki, who made me this dress, you're great too. Uh, <laughs> if you ever read or ever, if you ever read our podcast, if you ever <laughs> listen to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Another episode. Another episode down. Done and dusted. Yep. Keep reading. Follow people. us. Um, Keep reading. Keep reading. Follow us on Instagram, Dear Bear Book Club. Um, if you read these novels and you want to discuss them with us, give us a shout on the old email or the Instagram if you want. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a book that you want us to read and to review, email Ooh, yeah. us too. Um, I'm yeah, or if you have any ideas for themes because I'm running out. <laughs> yeah, we're not too hot in the themes. Um, no. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure it'll come. It'll be okay. Um, Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.